0: Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to our dozens of listeners. Go to FreshBooks.com Fool and in the How Did You Hear About Us section, just enter Motley Fool. It's Tuesday, October 24th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio today. Investor at large, Tim Hanson. Thanks for being here.
1: Yo, how you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm not doing as good as anyone who is a shareholder of Caterpillar or 3M. They're doing well. They're doing great. Yeah. They're doing fantastic today. And we're going to dig into that and of course we're going to talk about candy because it's uh, it's it's Halloween candy week here on Market Foolery.
1: You know it it is, but you know what I saw at the grocery store this morning? I kid you not, Christmas sale.
0: I also was at the grocery store yesterday and saw, yeah, Christmas paraphernalia. I, I don't even I, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. Not even waiting for Halloween to be done. I, we're a week away, people. <laughs> I mean, it's just there's so much time between now and then. There's there's taking initiative, and then there's being incredibly overeager. And yes. you, you don't want to be the latter.
1: No, it just seems seems desperate,
0: clingy. L- let me let me plug our email address, Foolery at fool dot com, because we're going to weigh in with our thoughts on Halloween candy. But of course, we want your thoughts, so email us at marketfoolery at fool dot com. We're going to start with Caterpillar. Third quarter profits came in higher than expected. They reported an increased demand for their construction equipment, and for the third time this year, Caterpillar raised guidance. I'm not entirely sure they raised guidance three times in the previous five years combined.
1: Yeah, no, they're they're uh, they're having a, a really good year. They're firing, firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, part and parcel because probably the last five years or so were so dismal for them, um, but. You know, the, the narrative with Caterpillar was they came through the downturn, the real estate downturn, fairly well, and then they had cash on the books and they sort of invested aggressively to grow their businesses through acquisition, particularly in the, um, emerging markets and in the resources sectors. And then they sort of got hit because. Um, Emerging market economies were weak. Brazil, China, and then also, obviously, there's been a prolonged resource downturn. Uh, The CEO, former CEO, retired a year early. They got nailed for buying. You know, they lost half a billion dollars buying that fraudulent company in China. I mean, it was a it was a bad period of time for them. But you know, as they've got all that stuff organized, uh, you know, uh, China's recovered a little bit. Um, Housing in the U.S. is just in a boom right now. I think it's one of those underreported things. Like. Residential construction is growing at double digit rates year over year, 10, 11, 12%. Um, and, and obviously, Caterpillar benefits directly from that because they are literally selling <laughs> the picks and shovels that people are using to build those homes.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the China incident because when we say on this podcast and others that investing in China is hard, we're not messing around. When, when you consider the fact that an established, steady, performing stock blue chip company like Caterpillar, had the utter debacle that they had, where they all of a sudden realized that they had sunk so much money into, as you said, a fraudulent company in China.
1: I mean, when you are desperate, you do stupid things. I mean, that's just kind of like a truism of life, right? And, <laughs> that's true in investing, and that's
0: true in life. You
1: know, and that's compounded if you go if you are desperate for growth in China, you are going to get taken uh, pretty easily by by uh, the, the people over there. So uh, yeah, they they it was a misstep, but kudos to them for for you know they wrote it down. And they've recovered from it.
0: The stock is up nearly 50% this year. And again, this is a Dow. When I think about Dow stocks, I think they're not going away anytime soon. They're not in any imminent danger. One of the top two or three reasons to invest in one of those companies is the dividend. I don't ever expect a Dow stock to have a year like this. Is this. Is this overpriced right now, or is this just hey they've as you said they've had a rough five years and they're they're sort of back to where maybe they should be?
1: Uh, I'd say it's a combination of factors. You know, I mean, arguably every large cap stock in America is overpriced right now for a variety of reasons. I mean, interest rates being what they are, you know, people have gone hunting for yield out in the stock market. Uh, you know, the amount of passive investing that's happening, that's going into market cap or price weighted indices. You know, continues to push up all those inflows, push up the prices of these of these large cap companies, um, and then Caterpillar, unlike some of its peers in the tech sector, so on and so forth, w- was coming off a somewhat lower valuation. So you put all that stuff together, yeah, and you've had a you've had a a, a pretty bonkers year. But um, you know, like these things ebb and flow, it's never too. But you
0: don't look at it and think, "Wow, this is incredibly overpriced."
1: I mean, am I actively shorting Caterpillar right now? No. <laughs> Um, you know am I am I kind of wary of the market writ large? Yeah, I mean that's been a, a tough position to be in over the last year or so because the market keeps um, you know charging upward despite the fact that there's been a lot of volatility in you know global politics, the weather, energy markets, so on and so forth. there's been a lot of uncertainty, but there's been a lot of certainty with the stock market. It goes up
0: Speaking of until that it w- until it doesn't until it does doesn't <laughs> yeah at some point. <laughs> at some point yeah The I will say the last couple of years at the start of the year I've thought ah oh, this is probably the year that the the bull really yeah, and but... maybe it'll be 2018 uh sticking with Dow stocks 3M shares are also hitting a new all-time high uh, third quarter profits came in higher than expected this is another this is another one year to date it's up 33%
1: yeah similar story i mean 3M is obviously a little bit more diversified than caterpillar they've got uh technology uh, businesses. They have industrial businesses. They've got consumer businesses like the Post-it. They've got healthcare businesses, so on and so forth. So it's really, is really a proxy for the global economy. And the global economy continues to perform. And 3M, uh, you know, they've done a nice job allocating capital in terms of repurchasing shares, paying dividends. They've made some strategic investments to grow the business. And so, um, I think they grew about five six percent. And anytime 3M is going to grow above the rate of global GDP, they're going to produce pretty good results. And that's that's what they're doing.
0: Here's an enjoyable five minutes I would recommend to absolutely anyone interested in investing. is Just go to 3M.com. Just go to the 3M website and just look at how many countries this business operates in. And to your point, it is so much more than Post-it notes. I, I mean, that's always the default and, oh, yeah, the, yeah. and all the earnings stories today. 3M, you know, the maker of consumer products, including Post-it notes. I just pulled up their healthcare division. Just there, I'm. I don't know who runs this company, but they are doing a bang up job. Because we've talked at various points about similarly sized companies that struggle with executing across all of their divisions, and in some cases, to the point where they say, "We got to start selling these off." Procter and Gamble, of course, leaps to mind. But at 3M, I mean this this is another quarter for 3M where every division was doing well.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually personally owned 3M stock now for like eleven years, and it's one of those things that just you know some years are not as good as others.
0: Do you ever forget that you own it?
1: Yeah, constantly. Because I mean, you're because you're not checking. I'm not. On it. I, well, yeah. I mean, I, I forget. I'm getting on in age, Chris. I forget. <laughs> most, I forget most of what I own at this point. Um, yeah, but but I mean, 3M just quietly chugs along. Like I said, it's never going to grow 20%, 30 percent.
0: But Except this year when it's up thirty. Well, the
1: stock, yeah. But you know, sales, a little bit of excess GDP, uh responsible capital allocation, you know, that's you know, that's what you want from a from a company like that.
0: And before we go on, I want to thank FreshBooks for supporting today's episode of Market The nature of work is changing. The internet has enabled more people to start their own businesses, become a self-employed contractor, and all of that is great. But if you're starting your own business, that means you got to keep the books and that's where freshbooks comes in freshbooks is accounting software for people who hate accounting that's me and i th- i think that's probably most people who aren't accountants freshbooks helps you track your time uh, your billable hours and the freshbooks dashboard makes it easy to generate basic charts to give you a sense of how your business is doing as well as more advanced reports that dig deeper into the numbers so if you're starting a small business or you're an independent contractor a consultant, an attorney, a dog walker, whatever. If you don't want to deal with the headache of accounting, you should definitely check out FreshBooks. And for our dozens of listeners, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial. Go to FreshBooks.com/Fool, and in the "How did you hear about us?" section, just enter Motley Fool. Not another show. Please don't enter another podcast. Enter enter our name.
1: You know what's wild? I was reading a uh, report the other day that predicted that by, I believe, it was 2022 more than half of the U.S. workforce would be freelancers. Really? Yeah. And it's been growing. It's the fastest growing employment sector by far. Uh, you know, and you think about all the companies that are enabling that, Airbnb, Lyft, Uber, you know, the fact that technology enables people to uh, work from home. Uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, why wouldn't you become a free? I was talking to my boss, Mark, and I, and I was like, you know, Mark, it's like working without having to deal with the hassle of a boss. <laughs>
0: we appreciated that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But
1: it's a crazy trend in America. It's going to have um,
0: real implications for the economy. And if you're an accountant, then you're all set. But if you're not an accountant, eh, you might want to check out FreshBooks. Um, The National Retail Federation uh, reported recently that spending on Halloween this year is going to top $9 billion. That is candy, costumes, decorations. That's an 8% increase over last year. So. I know it's tough out there in the retail industry, but people sure are buying a lot of stuff. And in this case, it's a lot of Halloween stuff.
1: You know, now is the time
0: for Oriental Trading Company. <laughs> this is a banner time. This for- is when they make their hay. <laughs> yes. Doesn't Berkshire Hathaway own them now? Indeed. Yes, indeed they do. What what, besides Halloween? What do you think is sort of the killer season for them? I would assume New Year's because there's a fair amount of like like maybe like New Year's parties, sure, that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: um, if you want a big box of cheap stuff, I think back to school is big because all the teachers buy all those prizes and stuff, all that junk for the kids. My daughter came home; she had a week of good behavior, and uh, she was given a lion visor, which, you know, it's going to break in a couple days, but it. It was hilarious.
0: Look, if you're looking for rubber ducks of all manner of design, you can do far worse than going to Oriental Trading Company. Before we get to the candy, I think it's important to talk about look, innovation comes in different forms. <laughs> and when it comes to candy, there's really only been one uber innovation in our lifetimes, and that is the fun size. That is, candy companies saying, hey, let's make smaller versions of this and we can charge more per unit. And there's a communications challenge there. And someone, and I don't know who, I don't know who this man or woman is or was, but someone came up with the phrase fun size. Person's a liar.
1: <laughs> I, this is my annual, this is the floor of mine now. Take it away. What is fun about small candy? What's fun is big candy. Like that should be the fun size, and then you'd rebrand the small ones to be, you know, I you know, I'm the guy on the street who was too cheap to pay up for the good candy bars for the kids. There's
0: no fun size. Is there a bigger Is there a bigger corporate lie in American history in the last forty years than than I mean, fun size? I think can? it goes
1: I think it goes Madoff, Enron, fun size. <laughs>
0: So top three, top three, Madoff, it's, Enron, it's on the Mount, fun side. it's on the Mount Rushmore of corporate lies of the last forty years. You know, and then number four, maybe, maybe it, the tobacco industry. Yeah, number four is probably tobacco. We'll just lump all of tobacco in yeah. there. Uh, let's let's get to your overrated candy, and we're going to bring in our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, on this because I want his thoughts on this as he's well. a connoisseur uh, psh, of mean, all things, of, of many different things. Uh, overrated candy in your book,
1: um. The pixie stick, the pixie stick. You know, kids—they're amped to get them, and then nobody ever seems to really enjoy it. Yeah,
0: and it's not like it, in stock parlance—it's not like pixie sticks are trading at a particularly high multiple, but it's still higher than it should be.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, because people are like, oh, pixie sticks, and I don't know, it breaks in the bag. You, you, you know, it's just
0: completely unsatisfying. Yeah, Dan, do you have an underrated candy?
2: Uh, yeah, I have. I have a take, Chris. Okay. Going,
0: are we going underrated over I was I was overrated, right? And that was that was overrated. I'm sorry, overrated, over, yeah. All candy. All candy. All candy is overrated?
2: Yes, I would like to wow. uh I would <laughs> like to make a suggestion. That's a bold take. <laughs> I would like to make a suggestion regarding giving out candy at Halloween. And I think that maybe every other house gives out something other than candy, like goldfish crackers or raisins or How would
1: you know? If you're if you're a candy or non candy house, would you have to talk to your neighbors? Because I'm, that's the barrier for me right
0: there. <laughs> no, you just you. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, <laughs> talking to the neighbors is the barrier.
2: No, you just got to assume that all your neighbors are just going to be candy, and you give out something. But because isn't it better when you're eating candy and you have something to break up the candy, the uh, the sugar, something maybe uh, like salty, like a goldfish cracker or a saltine or something.
1: I mean, I do enjoy goldfish as well as pretzels and pretzel nuggets.
2: Yep. That's uh, that's my underrated is sal- salty snacks. And I mean raisins are just just great and everybody should eat more. So to be clear, you're not anti-candy. You're saying at, diversifying. At
0: Halloween be the contrarian. Yes. Okay. Do you have a favorite candy?
2: Uh fun size snickers. <laughs>
0: oh, Dan. <laughs> um underrated Dan went salty snacks. What are you going underrated? Hmm. Uh I think
1: Reese's Pieces, you know, they, they often uh, are in the shadow of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, mm-hmm. but I would argue that they are superior because of the candy coating.
0: Yes, yes, and uh, a, a tremendous blunder uh, by the M M&M and M company passing up the opportunity to be in the movie ET because that that launched Reese's Pieces. Uh, you know, the incredible. Mars people don't make a lot of mistakes, but but when they do, whew, boy, how catastrophic. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to stick with uh, what I uh, said on Motley Full Money over the weekend, which is uh, I think Skittles are overrated. I would agree with that. Just because of the popularity of that
2: thing. Those things are and they're hard gross. to eat, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They get stuck in your teeth, or at least they get stuck in my teeth.
0: Yeah, no, they get stuck in everyone's teeth. You're not alone there. And uh, take five, underrated. What is a take five? What is it? Oh my gosh. What is a take five? I, I uh, it. It, it's chocolate, peanuts, peanut butter, caramel. And pretzels, it's got the salty and the sweet.
1: I like that. I, I'm not a big caramel fan myself, so
0: they don't go heavy on the caramel. Okay, maybe I'll try one. And and to Jason Moser on on uh, yesterday's episode where he was talking down Baby Ruth, just send those over to me. I'll take your Baby Ruth.
2: Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah,
1: we should have. A, we could potentially set up some sort of securitized exchange here at the <laughs> office where people can trade. I like this in for the candy of their. Of their choosing.
0: I like this. Drop us an email, MarketFoolery at Please share your overrated and underrated Tim Hansen. Thanks for being here. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's gonna do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.